Radio Lockdown is a Neptune podcast. I think I messaged you about this earlier in the week when it was going down first, but... <laughs> that was great. On the lockdown, like, we were like, oh, we'll start the pod up. That'll be good. And Justin was really like, do you think, you know, we'll have stuff to talk about like, <laughs> now that, you know, for South Australia, it really did seem like things were dying down. Yeah. Was like, do you think it's still relevant? And then I get a message and we just be like, oh, we're going to be fine. Yeah, we, we, we have a few things to talk about this week. <laughs> just, just some light discussion points. Yeah, just a couple. This week has been a weird week. We're, we're currently recording on Sunday. I'm expecting that I'll put this up sometime next week and there will be many more news stories for Darcy to get notifications of in the middle of our podcast. <laughs> What device is doing that? <laughs> oh, no. Fucking lockdown right now. Come off it. We're no, not in a prison drama, are we? We are in a prison drama. This is the fucking Shawshank Redemption, right? But with more tunneling through shit, no fucking redemption. Right, people, nobody move, right? Nobody move, nobody gets fucking truncheoned in the face. This is our lockdown, right? Come on, what that means is this office is now an isolation unit. This is officially Australia's number one Zephron fancast. Forget what we're talking about, about, you know, this whole virus or whatever. We're the home of Zephron. Should we explain what's happened or <laughs> is there a news segment you want to do? We haven't done this in a while. So <laughs> I basically, at the end of the last one, I was like, and next week we'll have the second part of Ellen's interview. Oh my God, yes. And then I have not put out an episode for... Nearly four months. Do we want to explain the four-month hiatus and then explain the lockdown in Adelaide? I think we just need to say there's been a four-month hiatus. Um, hey, but you did something cool during it. I just twiddled my thumbs, but you did something. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I, I mentioned uh, during the last couple of episodes that I was starting to study a graduate certificate of science communication. I had just wrapped that up this Monday past at the time of recording. Uh, so yeah, I now have time again. You have many pieces of paper. Yeah, I have many pieces of paper now, but more importantly, um, I have an actual understanding of what, how it's good to talk about the things that like what we did talk about in the past. Oh, I know that was a bit, but it was excruciating. (laughs) I um, live at the intersection of those Venn diagrams. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so what's happened over the past couple of months? So when we last were speaking to you on the podcast in terms of where we were at with this global pandemic of ours, we were mostly talking about Melbourne and that was because Melbourne's lockdown had just started. We weren't really aware of how long and complex that would be. They lived through that very admirably for several months. And then just this past week, Adelaide went into lockdown, very heavy restrictions for a total of three days. Originally was going to be six. There are a couple of cases that came out of Medi hotels in Adelaide, the Peppers Hotel and the Stamford Hotel. Some of the back of house staff 
got infected as well as some of the security. And then some of the people that were working security also worked at a pizza bar, which then meant that there was some concern that the virus had been spreading via pizza boxes. Then it turned out that one of the people that claimed they'd got it by a pizza box actually worked at the pizza bar. It's been a whole week. I'm trying to summarize it as quickly as possible, but it's been a whole week. So the upshot of that is the lockdown is shorter than it was, but I'm giving a very broad overview. What what do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about any of that? Do we want to forget all of it and talk about Zac Efron? Because I'm very happy to talk about Zac Efron instead. I want to talk about it for a hot minute, just okay. because... When the things popped up saying, oh, actually, we're going to walk back the, the lockdown, somebody lied, it felt like a Batuta article. I really thought we'd slipped into it. I thought I was reading actual fake news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think that part of the ridiculousness of it is that those two news stories were announced at the same time when, in fact... It's not that the lockdown is being walked back because a dude lied. It's being walked back in part because a dude lied and in part because uh, the lockdown really worked very well, very quickly, and it turns out we got like on top of a lot of cases. Mm. And so I think a lot of people have seen that correlation, right, and have gone basically, and, and indeed that, that is the way it's been reported by um, the advertiser. Even the ABC has uh, said... Um, there was a headline they put up yesterday, which was uh, SA businesses hit hard but glad to recover after unnecessary coronavirus lockdown. That's not in quotes. That's not, you know, someone saying it's unnecessary. That's the ABC saying our lockdown was unnecessary. That's uh, crap. <laughs> um, the lockdown was never based on this single lie. It was part of the reason that health professionals thought it was more infectious than it was, was because this guy basically claimed that he'd only had a pizza delivered and that was the only contact he would have had with any known cases. Uh, so that would mean it would have to be quite infectious, right? Because he's either caught it from a pizza box or he's caught it in the brief window where the pizza is being delivered. Mm. But we also uh, had a very clear timeline because of the low number of cases in SA. We had a really clear timeline of how quick the turnaround was between each person getting it, becoming infectious and passing it to the next person, which means that it was actually spreading quite quickly and it is a more infectious strain of the virus. That's one of the things we don't really, we haven't really seen talked about much in the media is different strains of the coronavirus. Uh, a bunch of media were referring to it as a super strain. It's not a super strain. It's just a different strain. It's not the strain that we have had historically in South Australia, which came from Victoria. It's a strain that came from, of all places, the greatest fans of our podcast, Romania. <laughs> um, so the came from vampires. Is what you're saying. Hang on, I, I've been going off the top of my dome, but I have to read this bit. SA has the N439K strain, uh, which comes via Europe. So this is one of um, what the media have been referring to as imported cases. I don't really like that term, but imported cases. So it's it's someone that has landed in a Medi hotel and immediately gone into quarantine and then tested positive. So this strain has developed independently twice. It developed in Scotland. They then thought it was extinct in the wild and then it started popping up in tests in Romania. It has a short replication cycle and a lot of cases are asymptomatic. 
it also has the potential to resist one of the main treatments that we have before we have a uh, vaccine, although we will talk about vaccines a bit later. Um, the main treatment at the moment is to basically take uh, what's called a blood serum, which is really gross, <laughs> um, uh, but it's basically the antibodies from someone that has had the virus and recovered and you take that and you give that to a sick person and then they have the antibodies so they can fight it off. There's also what you might see called MAB treatments, which is multiple antibodies. That's the sort of thing like Trump had, for example, where he just basically, he hoarded a lot of blood. He got blood from everywhere, big old blood guy, and they put it in him. Um, I mean, I know I was joking about vampirism earlier, but... Yeah, I... I mean, it's not vampirism. We should, I should clarify, uh, it is a medical procedure that is done routinely, but... By vampires. Trump may or may not be a vampire. That's not related. <laughs> um, How dare you. But, yeah, the... Um, oh, I think you're getting notifications on your, your end, um, picking that up in the audio. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I, I'll, I'll cut it out. It's, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too easy. I'll just um. I thought it was on something else, so I turned the volume down. But <laughs> it's fine. Off. It's fine. We're we're very professional. Um, uh-huh. But I'm yeah. So much. <laughs> um. So yeah. N439K, it potentially may undermine the efficacy of certain vaccines. Vaccines are going to have to be targeted to certain strains, and if. Uh, one strain resists the antibodies that are produced from another strain that can potentially make the vaccine process a bit more complex. So we need to be really careful about how we're doing testing, um, how we're managing different strains and how we're managing different um, outbreaks. Not, not all coronavirus is created equal, basically. And part of the reason we needed this lockdown in South Australia, or at least the, the consensus at the time was we needed this lockdown, is because... We knew this would reproduce quickly, and we also knew that it was contained to a relatively small group of people. We could track the transmission path between all of those people. What then was part of the reason for the broader lockdown was if people are visiting that pizza shop and getting takeaway, and there are multiple people working there, they're infectious. Like it's it's that that is what actually happened. There are multiple people working at the pizza shop that are infectious, which is still bad, right? That's still a reason we should be you know making sure that those people are quarantined there's maybe an argument that certain restrictions shouldn't have been as strict as they as they were even on the evidence we had but broadly speaking the fact of having a lockdown yeah lockdown good yes it was all very exciting for a hot minute and will continue to be exciting but slightly less so thankfully yeah, yeah. Leave the house and stuff. Yeah, so we we the restrictions. Um, some people were calling them the strictest Australia has had. That's not quite true. We talked maybe two episodes ago, although four months ago, um, about the <laughs> uh, people in public housing in Victoria who were locked into their houses uh, entirely and couldn't even leave to get groceries and those sorts of things. So that that I think is the strictest lockdown that's happened. But this has certainly been quite strict. Uh, you know, not being able to go out and exercise. That was a big one. People lost their shit on that. Yeah, people people really, yeah. I mean, like, we had a very strict lockdown, but it was only ever going to last for six days. You know how us young, upwardly mobile people are uh, 
you know, the lockdown, it's, it's, for me, it impacted very little. So I was like, all right, the lockdown, work tells me to work from home. I've got a laptop. I've got, you know, food in the house. All good. I had to change very little about what I was going to do with my day. Right, right. But as I was uh, chuffing along there, I've moved into a, a new house recently and my housemate has a puppy and You've seen pictures of this thing. It's goddamn adorable. It is a cute puppy. I will I will vouch for the cuteness of the puppy. Mm-hmm. So the puppy now watches me work because it has to sit outside, but there's a big, big window there. So the puppy every now and again will just whine and, and scratch at the door. Aww. Come play with me, Darcy. Like, no, puppy, I have to do work. But And then I, you know, take a break. Play with the puppy until she starts biting me too much, and I go, "Oh fuck! Why does anyone have a dog? It's terrible! It's biting my clothes." And come back inside and pretend to do work. But the puppy has finally had all of its vaccinations, so in the morning of the, you know, before the big lockdown had been announced, I was like, "Man, I'm going to take the puppy for her first walk. It's going to be so freaking cute." Me and my housemate got to toodle along down the road. How lovely! And then, bam! No, you will not. You will stay indoors and this dog will start climbing up the walls because it's getting pretty bored. That was one of the things that they mentioned quite quickly uh, was, like, you you can't exercise, which includes you can't walk your dog, but you can, if you're going to the shops, walk your dog to the shops. Yeah, I did because my mate has a blue healer and she was like, oh, oh, no, that's a dog that, that needs a walk. Otherwise, it will burrow through to other people or something. And yeah, she was like, "Well, I get, I get. We, there's, there's some things we could do. It's all right." Yeah, he got a little obstacle course. It's fine. <laughs> but it was a real moment. Where I was like, "Oh, what a problem of a yuppie! My, my beautiful." Like it's some sort of it was created in a lab purely to be a very decorative and beautiful hypoallergenic puppy, you know? Oh, God damn it! How are the notifications still making that noise? <laughs> I turned it off, I swear! Oh, no, my, my phone does that as well. It just decides it's going to give me notifications and nothing that I do can redeem it. I don't understand. Oh. Anyway, so, yuppie people problems. My new beautiful puppy, I can't take it for a walk. I keep on saying my puppy. It's not my dog. Just to, just to really try that one. Not my dog. Must stop claiming as my dog. No, I think you can claim it as your dog. It's it's not the worst crime that has been committed. <laughs> Speaking of terrible yuppies, uh, Pete Evans this week. <laughs> oh, man. Do you want to talk about that or do you want to skip over it? I mean, I'm happy no, to... No, we can go into it. Basically... So he's a Nazi now? <laughs> I mean, he was a Nazi for a while, but uh, he's a public Nazi now. Uh, I, what I, the essentially the format I have for this show is I don't have like segments. I don't have anything. I, I've just got a long, long, long list of news stories, <laughs> and we can talk about as many of them as you want. Basically, <laughs> I've just wanted Love to. It. I just wanted to chat about the news at you slash with you. Um, yeah, seems fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, so P Pete Evans um, has uh, been a shit heel for a long time. A again, coming back to vaccines. I mean, we'll talk about vaccines in a bit, but I mean, I knew he was a garbage monster when he was trying to say, "Hey, everyone should live on a paleo diet," and it's like. Ah. Probably not, mate. <laughs> That's how he came to attention. So he was a chef on, I believe, My Kitchen Rules. And mm. then he, as a part of that, was a big advocate of the paleo diet, uh, which is, how, how should I put this? Eat like a caveman? Yeah, yeah, essentially, that's the, that's the goal. It's, it's not actually a paleo diet because uh, they did not have access to the same amount of, like, meat and things that we do, so... It's really hard to find mammoths these days, you know? Like most restrictive diets, the positive effects associated with it are mostly because you're being conscious of what you're eating, not because the things that you're eating in a paleo diet are particularly better or worse. As with all restrictive diets, there are risks associated with it because you're not necessarily getting the right balance of nutrients and shit. You're not getting a cheese toasty, which, what's the point in anything? Yeah, and, and missing out on cheese toasties. So he's always been kind of anti-sciency, right? I think that's the thing that we have to start from. If you have a great amount of success by creating counter-authorities to scientific consensus, you might then start to walk down a bit of a path, and he has. I mean, he went from paleo to anti-vax, at the start of this year, started posting a lot in, like, uh, Make America Great Again hats and becoming a big uh, Trump supporter. And right when we really needed the news most, he posted a neo-Nazi meme. I don't care for these new Nazis, and you can quote me. <laughs> I'm going to edit him in here. I don't care for these new Nazis, and you may quote me on that. But yeah, he posted a caterpillar wearing a Donald Trump Make America Great Again hat and then a butterfly wearing the black sun, which is a neo-Nazi symbol. It's the one that was worn by the Christchurch shooter, basically implying the metamorphosis from him as the MAGA caterpillar into the neo-Nazi butterfly as a natural transition that we all go through in life. And then he's, because he's a fucking coward, he's then said it has many interpretations and there's so many different ways to view this clearly neo-Nazi meme, which he po posted, by the way, with the caption, an oldie but a goldie. Um, and then three emojis. He had the peace sign, a heart and a rainbow, uh, which I enjoy. That sucks greatly. An oldie but a goldie. <laughs> I just, it's, I don't care for these new Nazis. Oh, did I mention, by the way, in the middle of all that, um, he declared that coronavirus wasn't real and then tried to sell $15,000 lamps that would eradicate coronavirus from your body? Did I mention that? Sorry, that, that's, that's really, sorry, that's a midpoint on the anti-science trajectory that I really should have named. Um. Uh. What a garbage person. Yeah, he's a real, he's a real shit heel. I should say, like, I moved and I move in a very specific way, which is that I pile up all of my clothes into whatever will fit clothes in it. And then I just yep. dump them in the new place. That seems correct. Without, that seems accurate. Without overthinking it too much. Yeah. There's not a lot of order in uh, what's what's occurred here so you know my poor housemate i'm like hey i've moved in come see my room 
and on my floor right now, it's basically half of the room is bed and the other half is floor drobe that I've just dumped out. I've just moved my floor drobe. (laughs) Other people move and they recondo their shit and they move into a new space and everything's ordered at least for a couple of days or something. No, instant chaos. I just moved my chaos to another part of town. (laughs) At least for most people, their chaos is now in boxes. But I like that you've basically just actually dumped it straight back on the floor. That's good. <laughs> it's not bad. I didn't even. I just brought like a box full of washing as well. <laughs> you know, like maybe you'd like to take this time to do a ma- the mountain of washing that you've had. Nope, no time. Shove it in a box. It's coming with us. <laughs> See, but it takes some people a lot of time to settle into a new place, whereas it really sounds like you're at home very quickly. <laughs> you're hitting the ground running is what I'm hearing. Oh, I mean, I have to search for the ground a little bit. The floor drop is pretty all-encompassing. <laughs> you know you've made it uh, a real home when you step down and you're like, what's that underfoot? Oh, I like that top. I should wash it before I wear it again, <laughs> Because I've just stepped on it now. <laughs> yeah, finding it with your foot is not a great way of oh. doing that. It doesn't... Okay, in my defence... Please defend this yourself. Very, this is a very... Please defend yourself from your slovenly lifestyle. In the old place, I had inbuilt drawers, okay? So I come along to this place, no inbuilt drawers, uh, still... Rocket house, totally awesome, but no inbuilt drawers. So I would have to buy a chest of drawers. And, of course, you know, the weekend of Get Your Life Right turned into very quickly the weekend of, geez, do we have enough booze in the house? Yeah, probably. Drinky, 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 because we can't leave the house. It's been a drinky week. Um, Ellen and I made up sangria yesterday. It was real good. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. In the grand tradition of this podcast, I am a teensy bit hungover because uh, <laughs> we did about, I don't know, I don't want to swap numbers of drinks like with oh, fat yeah. bros, but we did a bunch of Jaeger bombs last night. <laughs> like we had Jaeger. Oh, dear. Energy drink. I don't know. Some things you can't fight. Oh, there we go. We are we are one episode off from finishing the staircase because that's what we we got blitzed and watched the staircase. I don't know what the staircase is. Is it oh a good thing to watch while you've had Jaeger bombs? No, it's really legal. <laughs> Questions of morality and justice. It's basically a true crime. Um, documentary following a guy who has been accused of killing his wife and he says no she fell down the stairs gotcha and you watch that for 13 episodes and twists and turns and everybody has talked about this in every true crime podcast alive and i don't know i I, honestly i they won't resolve it like they won't tell me if he did it or not but because i've watched so many criminal procedural things in my dream the other night, oh God. he confessed to his daughters. Dear God. I had solved it. He had confessed and I could let it rest. I woke up and went, oh, fuck, that was a dream. I still don't know. Why won't he just say if he did it or not? To be fair, he said, 
if he has done it or not. He said he hasn't done it multiple times. I just don't trust him. Yeah, I feel like um, him saying that he hasn't done it isn't actually <laughs> conclusive. 100% conclusive. Because <laughs> like, uh, uh, Ellen and I watched that Zac Efron Bundy flick. Over the weekend. Oh, now he did it. It's very clear that he did it. And but he, you know what? The, what does he? He actually says he didn't do it a whole bunch. Oh, what? Yeah, it's weird. Crazy. It's very odd. So, <laughs> do you think this is a series that should be consumed with Jaeger bomb? Is this the correct uh, way to view this series? Now? <laughs> it's obviously a red wine and ponder, but no, we smashed. I think three episodes. And half a bottle of Jaeger, and yeah, justice potentially not being achieved <laughs> for a large part of it. We were just talking about how hot his son was. <laughs> dude, his son is so hot. His dad might be a murderer, but check that dude out. <laughs> Chiseled jaw of the son of a murderer? Question <laughs> Yeah, then you don't really want to read the um, reviews of the Zac Efron Bundy flick. It's hard because Bundy was attractive. That was part of it. It yeah. actually yeah. It is appropriate. But oh, and and he is unrecognizable as our boy Troy Bolton. He got his head in the game. He that's the acting no. game. Woo-hoo. Okay, yes, Zac Efron got his head in the acting game. I don't think we should say that Troy Bolton got his head in the game and therefore became Ted Bundy. Like I feel like that. No, that's not. That's, That's not, not the Nazi butterfly metaphor we want to be using. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, that's pretty, pretty spot on there. Radio Lockdown Season 2, we cancel ourselves. <laughs> we don't like Nazi butterflies. It's very clear. I... We don't like Nazi butterflies or serial killers. Welcome to the final episode of Radio Lockdown. <laughs> Eh, you'll fix it in post. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll find a way of repairing that. I don't want that. How am I going to segue? I don't think I should segue. I just want to talk about your your new love of Zac Efron, because I thought it was going to be a tiny bit that we chatted about, but you actually went in hard on this. I get the little message, hey, have you ever seen High School Musicals? And I'm like, yes, I was a teenage girl once. I got my head in that game. Yeah. But, uh feels like you hadn't a few days ago and now you have an absurd amount of knowledge about Zac Efron. It's it's true. Prior to a few days ago, so I had seen the start of High School Musical 1 up until the point where Sharpay is filling in her name in very large font on the musical sign-up sheet in the first movie. Who stops there? Yeah, well, I, I think it was just something that people were putting on at like a party or something like that. And I went off to another room, or something else happened. Like I think. Anyway, it was, so you'd only seen a bit of it. I'd only and seen a bit seen of the of first it, one. And no one was making you do this. No, so no. So <laughs> I. How big is your crush on Zac Efron, or was there another purpose to this? What I will say about this film series is that there is never a moment where I was bored. It it goes so quickly from being terrible to being brilliant to being terrible again the first one basically you have a nerd a classic nerd who's played by vanessa hudgens <laughs> classic nerd character. and she can't act yet that's also her arc through these films she can't act yet in the first one 
um, which is a big. She gets real good though. She gets good. One or two, like, super yeah, dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She 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 starts um um getting good at acting, but um mm. she can't act in the first one. She is doing her best. Zac Efron can act in the first one. Um, he's been acting for a few years at this point, starting um with the role of young Simon on Firefly. Yes, he was. Yeah, which I should have watched instead of <laughs> all the high school musical films. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's been acting for a few years here, and he is a basketball jock uh, whose dad is the basketball coach, and both of them uh, meet at some sort of like I think it's like a ski resort, and they accidentally end up doing karaoke together because they get bullied into it. This is like a plot that continues through films. It's just people getting bullied into stuff and it working out for them, which is a strange moral for these films to have. But anyway. Well, the thing is they can't want to succeed. They have to luck into it because to try it, something you're genuinely passionate about, like our girl Sharpay, yeah. is inherently wrong. It's like in all rom-coms how the romantic lead is always like, uh, I'm not really, like, she's not putting herself out on dating apps unless she gets super wasted, you know? She's not actively seeking a romantic partner because that would be lame, Justin. She has to accidentally get forced into it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think that that is... Enthusiasm is to be punished. Yeah, these films really lean into that for sure. Well, they celebrate it by the end. Uh, loosely. I mean, it, it depends how deep you want to go into these films. They have songs about because it. Because I have some bloody thoughts about this, about the, this movie franchise. The girl that just wants to make cookies or something, and there's, like, a guy that's super into cello. Or, there's a know, guy that really wants to make song. creme brulee. That guy, yeah. Zeke. Yeah. Zeke who wants to make creme brulee. Through the first one, they basically reconcile the fact that they like singing or at the very least they're willing enough to put up with singing to be around each other and they throw off the shackles of cultural oppression that says a jock can't also be a very successful musician and uh that's weirdly the plot of a lot of Zac Efron's movies his challenge through all three of these films is he doesn't have enough time in the day for all the things that he is obscenely talented at that is, that is like the high school musical films are a story of a guy that by the third one he is being offered scholarships to both the university of i want to say albuquerque to be on their basketball team and have a full paid scholarship or a scholarship to juilliard to be a singer <laughs> that is not i'm they not really exaggerating do, at all they really do set american kids up for some pretty unrealistic expectations now, Justin, I'm going to ask you a question, and you, oh, sure, you sure. may not. Yes. You may not have watched this. Okay, go for it. Fire and, it. Uh, I'll judge you a little bit for not watching it. It's The Kissing Booth. You ever seen The Kissing Booth? I have not seen. One or two. I have not seen The Kissing Booth. Is that also a Zephron movie? No. <laughs> oh, then it's not in my Rolodex. I'm sorry. So, you know how Netflix has been flooding the market with all the, the rom-coms and the teen movies and the, of that ilk? You know, they're just, they're just good enough to watch in the background type stuff. Yes. Or avidly because, you know, you're tired and you just want something that will numb your brain, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so Tell me about the kissing booth. booth. Kissing booth one and two. <laughs> Similarly, about people 
getting accidentally bullied into relationships, the gender politics of which is questionable. But at the end of the second one, she is trying to decide what are the boys just, I think he got into Stanford. He got into one of the IVs that everyone talks about in movies, you know? Yeah, yeah. And for the purposes of this conversation, because I can't remember which one it is, let's say it's Stanford. Uh, it's Harvard. I've just looked it up. Harvard. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> one of the two. Oh, people that care about that would be mad about but, that. But, I mean, you're not far off. I mean, I, I didn't even mention this, but um, genuinely Vanessa Hudgens' character in High School Musical 3 gets a scholarship to Stanford. So, like, they just treat all of these Ivy League unis interchangeably as just, like, shorthand for person is really good at good thing. Really good school. Yeah. If, if you are good at thing, you will end up at good school. It's, like, easy writing, you know? Yeah, yeah. But she's choosing between that's Yale or whatever it is, and uh, it's not a state school. It's another incredibly good school. And we've watched her throughout her high schooling. She's not that dedicated. She has got one extracurricular that she does and a personal essay which we read through her as a narrative for one of the movies is bad man it's just bad <laughs> yeah it sucks when you actually get to see their academic work in the yeah, film like, and oh, observe no that good. it's bad at, at she one hasn't point been doing like ap classes or you know she's not even stressed Based on my knowledge of this from Gilmore Girls, she should be more crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, if, even in the first High School Musical, G Gabriella, um, sorry, mm -hmm. I keep saying Vanessa Hutchins. Gabriella um, <laughs> Don't is part ruin of the magic. She's part of, I guess, like the Scholastic Olympiad or, or whatever it's called in the film, um, mm. and she. As a part of that, basically, they have to run intervention on both that and the basketball game because Sharpay and her twin brother, Ryan, um, who are the, the people that are regularly in the drama club, have conspired to make, what is it, the auditions or the performance of the school play at the same time as the basketball match and the Olympiad. So all of them are happening on the same day at the same time because teachers are idiots. You know what they say, universities are easy to get into and teachers are idiots. And so at this Olympiad, she does very, very well. You know, the limit does not exist. She, she crushes it. Um, and then they have to do an experiment that is chemistry. They've just been doing high-level maths, so I don't quite understand why they're now doing chemistry. But anyway, they basically, like, put sulfur or some other stink bomb in the air, meaning the room has to be evacuated. So they, they poison people. And then, like, in the subsequent scene, they won the Scholastic Olympiad, but they caused such a big stink bomb that the room had to be evacuated. Yeah, don't overthink it. <laughs> but it's just because the movie has to give its... Like, it has to actually just present its protagonists with every possible victory. And and this is the thing that really irritated me about High School Musical 2, is how much it just conspires... The events of the plot just conspire to shit on the villain of the film for no reason, even as she comes to terms with her own villainy and there is a much better film in there that is like, oh, shit, I'm an, I'm an asshole. I should stop being... Such a, an you know, such an asshole, and then like treat people nicely, and then I'll be like one of the good guys. Yeah, I am sorry. You can hear something in the background rustling. What is the thing in your background? Well, so Justin. Yes, Darcy. The other day, uh -huh. before everything got a little crazy, uh huh. I went and had dinner with my friend, and 
what a what a fine time we had. But basically, she gave me a, a you know you get one of those free weeks of like meal prep things. Yeah. So I got my box delivered. Oh, fun! <laughs> I thought I could very quietly open it, and you know, because things need to be refrigerated. But basically, when I thought we were going into lockdown, I'd ordered this, and I'm like, oh my god. I'm an actual genius. I'm just going to get food brought to me. Yeah. No need to go get harried at the stores and things. Not realizing that it would uh, come the day that everything is open again and also two days late for it to actually have an impact. But boy, is it convenient anyway, right? Yes. This is how naturally we would be able to sneak in native advertising. If you do want to advertise with us on Radio Lockdown, neptunetoday at gmail.com uh, is the place you can reach us for all of that. Um, thank you, Darcy, for sneaking in our non-ad of the week. I was going to not use its name as well. I was like, no, but, but like, it's, it's very easy to. It's one of those things where this word has become... Like, you don't, you know, there's all the different rideshare apps, but yeah, yeah. you don't say, oh, I'm going to catch it or whatever. You say, no, I'm going to catch it. Everyone right, knows right. what the, that means. The ubiquity of the term, yeah. I, I mean, I always say when I'm going to look something up on a search engine that I'm going to. Um, <laughs> you know, that's natural. Yeah, Just yeah. because of dominance. Of, of course, in the edit, all of those brand names will be edited out um, and then... Uh, the company that we mentioned uh, will have to pay to put them back in. Um, so that's the way. We'll, what we do here is a special way that we do advertising, <laughs> where we advertise something ahead of time, and then we say, please give us money. <laughs> money please. 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 Oh, we need man. money to run podcast. <laughs> Over the last three days, whatever, I've just listened to a lot of podcasts because I haven't been making one with my good friend Justin. He just left me out cold for... So many months. <sighs> Man, that guy sounds like a bastard. Anyway, go on. <laughs> so one of my favorite podcasts, they're not very interested in uh, making money off of it at all. Anytime they talk about their Patreon, one of them just says, or you could donate to a charity. He just, he hates the idea of making money off of this thing, I swear. <laughs> but they are changing advertisers every now and again and Initially, they had a betting one, and they had it for about two two weeks maybe, and I hated it because I could tell they hated it. And I'm like, <laughs> no, they already kind of don't want to be doing the podcast. They're so tired all the time. Why do I listen to this podcast? Good question. <laughs> but I do love them, so I keep listening because to Because now them. you have a social, a, a parasocial relationship with the creators of this podcast, and you need to see them through this agony. <laughs> I just I need to help. You're being. Them. This is the way that you're supportive of your friends, the podcast hosts. <laughs> so, they just clearly hated it, and the phrases were making me very uncomfortable. Because don't advertise for gambling. We've been over a lot of how much gambling is bad, and then more recently, they got on. It's something that you can attach to your bathroom to make your toilet a bidet. And the glee with which they say, <laughs> it cleans your bum. Like, they're just like, it's a jet of water right up there. How good. And I'm like, oh, something you can get behind, you know? 
Like, it's good for environmental reasons and it's not gambling, so we're really excited about it. I, I will say, and I'm, this one I genuinely will not be mentioning a brand name, but um, when I was doing uh, PR, I did PR for a uh, local supermarket chain here in South Australia for over a year. And as a part of that, um, I had to essentially take videos that had been filmed with like farmers and, and other primary producers and turn those into ad copy that was in the catalogue of this local supermarket chain. Sorry, I'm having to be euphemistic because I, <laughs> the way I would normally tell this story is with all the brand names in, and I'm happy to tell you the story with all the brand names in later, but this is for a podcast. Um, so for this local supermarket chain, what they would do is they would send me um, just the video. They wouldn't send me the names of the people that work for the company or anything. Um, I would just have this video, which was really silly um, because it basically meant that I had to use only the company name and then just try and work backwards to find the people. I would send the ad company I was working for um, emails to be like, hey, do you, what are the names of the people in this ad? Um, and like that that was just like too much turnaround so i i ended up just basically searching all of the companies on google and it turned out that one of the people who make uh desserts they're just a lovely bakery that make desserts here in south australia also donate heavily uh to the islamophobic q society and one of their um key proprietors was a board member um of that organization and had made public statements as the um, head of the company, not not in his private capacity as a citizen, but as the head of the company about how they are skeptical um, of Islamic culture and its creeping, you know, incidents and, and, and rise in Australia and all this sort of thing. Um, so that ad was really difficult to write <laughs> <laughs> but even though I was literally just transcribing that guy's words and turning them into a fun ad about, you know, we make lovely desserts and we're family oriented and we, we really care about our local communities because every time I would read something like we really care about our local communities, I would except for those guys, I would basically hear we really like, you know, our local communities as they are currently constituted and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> So by the time I was working on the next, you know, the next ads, um, it was a, such a relief to just be back to talking about like fucking potatoes or whatever again, <laughs> um, and not to have to think about this this absolute ass. Yeah, yeah, this Islamophobic dessert maker. Um, yeah, it's such a weird experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're heavily Islamophobic and want to advertise with us... Um, Justin's up for it. <laughs> you know what? He likes it. Send me all your contact information and your credit card info and um, I'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> or I might do crimes. You don't know. One of those two things. It's really a 50-50. It's a toy cost. A coin toss, even. A toy cost. No, no, it's a toy cost. It's a toy cost. You know, go weigh those two up. Toy cost. So, yeah, I've been studying more communication for the past six months. Can you tell? <laughs> it's been really helpful, actually. It's been really lovely. But anyway. Hmm. High school musical. Do we want to talk about that or do we want to talk about the uh, party that was 
held in Germany by the makers of the new Matrix movie. What? Yeah, let's talk about that. We'll just briefly touch on why we were so excited to talk about Zac Efron this episode. He no, was in South Australia. I'm just dropping news stories constantly. We'll, we'll come back to that. No, no, we no? can't. We, we don't want to provide context to our everybody, audience. Everybody that had the teenage pants feeling about him made the same joke. Oh, he's locked here now. Now's my chance. And, yeah. And then, um, yeah. Yeah, so, so sorry, yes, I, I will do that, and then I'll get on to the Matrix story. Um, the Zac Efron um, has been filming a movie in Adelaide prior to this uh, whole lockdown happening. Sounds like a good movie, too. So I don't know cool. anything about the movie, actually. I remember, <laughs> I remember Googling it and going, oh, that doesn't sound terrible. <laughs> moving on with my life. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Uh, that's essentially... <laughs> Yeah, that's essentially no it. information absorbed. But yeah, so a good vibe. so we we've had all our you know our local stories in the same way that we got that fantastic photo of George Lucas being very sad in the Maya food court. Um, this has really been our next celebrity encounter, which is Zac Efron having a reasonably good time at Crybaby. Um, it's just a, a a very very slow sequence of celebrities being vaguely adjacent to Adelaide, and because we are so. Uh, small and desperate for celebrity attention. Um, oh, uh, we, Daniel Radcliffe came for December Boys. Don't know where he was. I still inside, remember the news coverage around that. Same. Never seen the movie, but oh, absolutely not. Movie. Absolutely yeah. not. It's probably a great little film. He was on Rove. <laughs> but yeah, um, so so a lot of people trying to get in touch with Zac Efron. I noticed that no one has actually managed to book him um, on their show. We, we can try and book him for our show if you'd like. <laughs> I have looked into, uh, before we get to the Matrix story, I have actually looked into um, Zac Efron's representation. He's represented by a couple of different publicists and agencies, but it's kind of difficult to find contact details for them online. Oh, that's, that's odd. Yeah. Hmm. Um, uh, there's a promising um, Yahoo Answers question um, <laughs> from... I didn't know that you could get questions old enough on Yahoo Answers that it would just say that this question was asked a decade ago. Oh, that's awesome. It just says one decade ago. It doesn't tell me anything more specific about the time. Do you even have the internet a decade ago? Yeah, 2010, no internet. Um, oh, fuck. Time is weird, man. Time is pretty weird. This is a question asked by Russell L, who asks, where can I find Zac Efron or his agent's number? My daughter is having a 13th birthday, and she is Zac Efron's number one fan. She has got everything Zac Efron. Her whole bedroom is Zac Efron, from her walls with all posters and posters on the walls, to her curtains, to her clothes, to her lamps, bedding, etc., and she wants Zac to come to her party. But the problem is I don't know where to find his number to ask him if he can come to attend the party. It would make her say to see him there. So does anyone know where to find his number or his agent's number, or anyone associated with him, please tell me either on this or email me on, and then there is a Hotmail email address. Thank you. Oh, what a nice dad. I love it. The, my favourite response is uh, from user123 who responds, I'm sorry, I'm 15 and a huge fan of Zac Efron too, but unless you are super rich, he's not going to come to your daughter's party. He has such a busy schedule as well. I'm sorry, not going to happen. I think we might have about as much chance of getting him on the show as Russell L. Um, unfortunately, uh, his speaking fees are between a hundred thousand and a million dollars. There is an email form on his agent's website, though, where we could um, 
check his availability. <laughs> I think you should you should just copy and paste old mate's Yahoo question. Oh, we should request on behalf of Russell L. Hang on, I'm going to try yes. this. Um, so we have Russell is his first name. His last name is L. Uh, what do you think his title would be? Lieutenant. Lieutenant. Uh, I'll put in my email, the Neptune Today at gmail.com, where you can, um, of course, get us with all advertising inquiries. Oh, man. I'm going to put in my actual phone number. <laughs> the event date, I'm going to make it next Sunday in case Zach can appear on our podcast. Yeah, uh-huh, of course. And what's our budget? We have the questions under 5K. 5 to 10K, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, 30 to 50, 50 to 75, 75 to 100, or 100K plus. What do we reckon? I have a tenner. <laughs> 10K? Okay. And what? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, what speakers have we had in the past? Darcy. Mm-hmm. She's good people. Darcy, she's good people. <laughs> Describe the purpose of our event. It's to make a little girl's dreams come true. <laughs> We would like to make a 23-year-old's dream of meeting Zach Efron come true today, by which I mean in a week. Cool. Uh, well, I'm going to send that off, I think, um, to his representation at uh, CAA. Um and we will see if they get back to uh, to, to Russell. Oh, genuinely have submitted that. <laughs> well, I wait with bated breath. Your inquiry about Zac Efron has been submitted. A member of our booking team will be in touch with you shortly. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um. Well. Uh. So we've made an inquiry about Zac. Um, That's just a little Neptune background admin that we've decided to record for you. When people do these sorts of things on podcasts, do you reckon they actually do them? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm suddenly realising people probably just do this as a goof and don't actually um, send off an inquiry. Ah, uh, well. Allegedly, it was a party disguised as a film shoot for the fourth Matrix movie. Um, which is currently being filmed in Germany. Around 200 people were invited to come as extras. A guest told the German newspaper Bild, many people didn't wear masks, no directorial instructions were given, there was no clapperboard and no one was filming. (laughs) Say, sneaky Matrix-based workaround. The party, which was hosted by the Wachowski sisters, was codenamed Ice Cream Team Event. Hi. Guests were entertained by a dancer, a DJ, and a pyrotechnic show, and were invited to get souvenir Matrix tattoos. Oh, dear. A a, a spokesperson for the studio did say that the film was shooting a celebration scene filmed in the summer, and this was in connection with that. So there there is some some tension about whether this is um, legit or (laughs) not. Or an excuse. So, yeah, that this was a real thing that happened, and it's kind of weird. And, and, of course, mind-bending, because it is about the Matrix. <laughs> I wonder why they decided to make another one. Keanu's quite popular at the moment, isn't he? Keanu! And also, like, the Wachowskis have continued to make films pretty constantly. Yeah, they made that rough one with uh, Meg from Family Guy. And 
Magic Mike. Why do I talk like my mum now? You're talking about Jupiter Ascending with Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum. Yes. Which I've also watched since we last did the podcast. Man, you know, I just wanted it to be better. It seemed like it was having fun, but... I think I think that there are comparable elements between that and uh, High School Musical 3. Yep. In that I am rarely bored. <laughs> it's making incredibly big swings that go really well, or... It's absolutely whiffing them, but either way, it's still like really going for it. It oh, is man. really going for it, and that's what was bumming me out. I think I love, I love a space opera. It has some fun moments, you know. <laughs> I'm going to recommend if you want to do this again in a in a week's time, and we haven't really discussed the schedule, and we're doing every discussion on on the call uh, this week. <laughs> but um, if you want to do it again next week, I highly recommend High School Musical three. Skip number two; it's not important. The one at the country club. Yeah. I love the classism. Yeah. I, I just think it's part of Sharpay's like villain twist where she turns into Paris Hilton because Paris Hilton was quite popular. In the first one, she doesn't have like a chihuahua and... She gets a dog, Justin. That's just, you know, normal teen stuff. Yeah. But, but like in the first one, it wasn't like she has a chihuahua and rich parents and she leverages her class in order to get an advantage, right? Like it was just a, a tale of ordinary teens sniping at each other. Yeah, but when you set something at a country club, you know what you're doing. You know what they could have done? Pop their collars. Set it anywhere else. <laughs> it could have it done a lot with it, but they did that instead. So, you know. I mean, I'm really glad that Ryan's role increases throughout the films. Ryan, for those of you that haven't watched the series He's kind of got the the blonde hair and expressive face of like Macaulay Corkin. He does. With the mischief and amazing line reads of Matthew Lillard and also the physicality. He is an incredible character and actor and I'm really surprised he hasn't he basically hasn't been in much else. Um, certainly nothing that's reached the popularity of this. Series. I would describe him as Ducky from John Hughes movies, pretty in pink, but gay. He's not canonically gay is he i don't i don't think he's canonically gay but i definitely like oh he has something with the little tech girl yeah with kelsey who's the composer i mean those two are my favorite characters really i don't ship them but i think that they are both very strong characters uh because kelsey is basically like she basically orchestrates everything i mean literally because she's the composer but also figuratively (laughs) she makes the plots of the the films take place and, and she basically solves all the problems on behalf of Troy and Gabriella, who are basically just complaining. They're just sexy idiots, you know? The ingenues. She even furnishes them with the lyrics through which they can resolve problems by complaining. <laughs> Sometimes you just go sing it out, and that solves your problems. But even those solutions that come through singing it out, the lyrics all come from Kelsey, so she's really the, the hero of these films. Um, and they, they did her real dirty, and I uh, will not forgive the films for that. What happened? I mean, they gave her a subplot where she and the obviously gay guy fell in love. Yeah, well, I mean, they go to the prom together. That's not the same as fell in love, but yeah. I feel real bad because because I've just made him gay in my head because he's effeminate and he likes musicals. But um, that's not really fair, is it? And also because he's clearly gay. <laughs> he's also clearly gay, though, right? <laughs> like... I mean, I, I, it's, it's kind of the way that um, I've been taught to see gay representation in Disney films that are not attempting gay representation because they're Disney films. So to that extent, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> where they, like, have all the trappings of but aren't. Yeah, yeah. But there, there are a lot of characters that I think could 
could easily be be gay in these films and and yeah i just don't think it's addressed no doubt the internet would have shipped them correctly but anyway this is this is very i mean insofar as we have a topic this is off it um (laughs) the problem is i don't think we can spend multiple episodes talking about high school musical and i've done a lot of groundwork here (laughs) so i just (laughs) That's why I keep coming back to it because I'm like, oh, Justin really put in some work and I don't want it to be for nothing. But, but also, okay. I'm uh, happy that you watched some nice movies. You know, they're not, it's not like you pulled out your own teeth. They are bearable lockdown fodder. I, I do think that they're like, they obviously have problems. Um, you know, they were made in the late 2000s. But, but because it's Disney, it's, it's not trying to address any cultural issues. <laughs> Um, so it's it's very broad strokes. Um, I'm just saying it's okay to want to sing and dance, guys. As I said, I think the main frustration that I have with it is just that it's people having the most entry-level problems um, that you can possibly have in the world. You know, like in order to create narrative tension, they really have to contrive some situations. Like... Um, I mean, the, the second one has a lot of potential, but because it's a Disney film, it doesn't actually resolve that potential. The second one's probably got the strongest, I think, in terms of an actual tension because it is um, Sharpay uh, decides for some fucking reason that she wants to uh, flirt with Troy now and uh, she dude, wants them... have you seen him? Yeah, well, yeah. Earth. Why would she possibly want to? Because of her burgeoning womanhood, okay? I <laughs> he mean, granted, but it doesn't seem because of that. Because he is a status symbol. Yeah, I'm going to have the best summer because I'm going to have people hang out with me because they want to hang out with Troy because Troy is popular. It doesn't really seem to be I want to be in a relationship with Troy. But anyway, she's she basically asks the people at the country club who all work for her parents to hire... Troy and all his wildcat teammates on his basketball team as staff at the restaurant and golf club. Sharpay's like, wait, I just wanted Troy here. And so she basically keeps finding ways to leverage her like financial power and also her parents' connections in order to offer Troy opportunities that then drag him away from his friends. So the plot of the movie is really about Troy having to make a choice about whether he follows the path of nepotism to a bright future where he has scholarships to various universities and he's guaranteed a spot on college basketball teams and all this other stuff, or does he say, fuck you, I'm not going to take these opportunities just because they're being given to me, you know, and and it it feels like a real tension because he's not, you know. Yeah, he has to punch dance out his rage in that really weird bit. Disney doesn't do anger very well is the thing. Yeah, but but his punch dancing in bed on it is 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 amazing. I have it's been a tour de force. He's wearing all black. It's great. I have been singing bed on it to myself for the past couple of days <laughs> um, because that it, it, it's just like I I really like it during a time of genuine stress to watch these films which are about arbitrary bullshit stress because if I catch myself singing bet on it about a jet like just because i'm like frustrated and there's a genuine problem by the end of singing it i am not thinking about the genuine problem that i have i'm thinking about how silly that film was and it's genuinely a solution i, I recommend closing, it as an approach it's fine that darcy's super excited to watch kissing both three. Oh, absolutely it's fine that darcy's excited to watch kissing both three yes, I, I can't mean- wait what university will she choose 
what what other news stories do you have for me? What other news stories? Ooh. The uh, vaccine, the Moderna vaccine, was partially funded by Dolly Parton. I just, I'm going to have to start listening to the podcast about Dolly Parton because every story is just a delight. Oh, have you seen the drunk history about her? Where also delightful. It's just, she just consistently is helping poor people read and stuff. Like, well, I mean, I've, I've heard it put that she's the only acceptable billionaire because she's donated so much money that she's no longer a billionaire. There have been a number of things basically over the past uh, year or two where people have basically realised the cultural impact she's had. Um, her production company, uh, she was like a secret executive producer of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. Her connection to the Moderna vaccine actually is is even more interesting than just you know, Dolly Parton invested in the Moderna vaccine. She, she she was like a friend to a scientist or something. Tell me the story, Justin. Yeah, so so she got in a car accident, a minor car accident in October 2013. It, it was minor, but scary enough uh, that she sought medical advice and she sought that at the Vanderbilt University Medical Center. And her physician started chatting to her about science and about current events. Fast forward to the start of this year, and there are a couple of different vaccine efforts underway. There is the Moderna vaccine, which is being worked on by biotech company Moderna and the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which is um, the organization that uh, Anthony Fauci is the director of. But the actual research, the actual testing was being conducted by Vanderbilt University. So um, they looked for funding to for that uh, testing process and one of the the big donations of a million dollars came from Dolly Parton because she was friends with this physician um, after after her car accident and so she on the first of April she donated a million dollars in honor of her lifetime friend is what she said Aww. oh sorry long time friend not lifetime she hasn't only been alive since 2013 she came alive when she met him yeah she she's been really alive for seven years and of course there are two vaccines uh, that over the last week we've found out are pretty effective the the results of those clinical trials have both been announced there's the pfizer vaccine and there is the moderna vaccine uh, which, in honour of Dolly Parton, is nine to five percent effective. That was actually pretty solid. Yeah, well done. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that was all built up to that. Um, yeah. So uh, I'll just be piping in some Dolly Parton in this bit. Um, Dolly Parton music playing. <laughs> Wow, you sound exactly like Dolly Parton. Oh, if only. Sound like a goddamn treasure. <laughs> She's fantastic. So she, uh, single-handedly, I think, I, I mean, we we can talk a lot about, you know, doctors and researchers, but I think Dolly Parton um, has saved us all, uh, single-handedly. <laughs> I myself from... have been saved by Dolly Parton. Have you, Justin? Yeah, I mean, many times, many times. Justin, this is completely off topic. Okay. I I know I've done this a lot, but I really want to talk to you about it. Go. Fire have away. You, Let's have do you it. watched Troll Hunters since I told you to? Oh god, no I haven't. <laughs> Should I <laughs> Okay. 
book. Forget did you, any other Did you tell me that on air or was that just a thing you told me? It's, uh, oh, well, I think it was as part of our friendship that I told you, not part of our pod. <laughs> This Although, is this is yeah, separate this is from a, the friendship. friendship you, talk. No, there's is, no intersection talk. of podcast and friendship. <laughs> this is not a podcast of friendship. It's a podcast of lies. We had this conversation off air, but guys, there's yeah. this show on Netflix called Troll Hunters. Guillermo del Toro made it. It's got amazing voice actors: Kelsey Graham, Anton Yelchin. Before he passed, that's preferable. Other really amazing people in the latest season. We've got. Oh, no, Mean Cop from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Rosa, Rosa Diaz. Oh, jeez. Who is played by... <laughs> Stephanie Beatrice. Yes, she does a voice in the latest season. And it's so good. And it's designed for children. But Guillermo, as he always does, you know, he, he likes the ghouls and the ghosties. He does. So it's like you're trotting along. Everything's cool. You're just having a fun adventure. And boom, with the feels. Just right in the feels. Right in the feels. That's good. 20-minute episodes is not going to tax you too much, but it's going to get you right in your heart place, and you're going to grow a little, maybe. It only has 52 episodes. I can watch that in a week. Exactly. Certainly what I did. (laughs) 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 Oh, there's a thing that happens, and it's... Okay, well, don't spoil me on it, because I'm I'm going to watch it, clearly. The second to most recent thing, something really sad happens, but then in the most recent one, they do something really lovely. (laughs) It's just so good. There's a new season coming out in like a year. I can't wait. I I will try to watch an episode of Troll Hunters if you can try and watch High School Musical 3. What even happens in the third one? I don't want to spoil it for you, apart from the fact that I've already spoiled it for you. The first two were straight to TV movies the Mm. third one was a theatrical release and it is shot like a movie and zach efron absolutely carries this film i it is it is not an exaggeration like having watched the first two i didn't really understand like how he's gone on to be you know because he's clearly quite a very he's he's a very talented actor now but it's not clear in those first films that he's going to be that and then in the third one it's like oh he's here you know Mm. You know, you know what I mean? For me, it was in the movie Neighbours. There's a bit where he just loses his cool and he just he just goes for it. And I saw that and I thought, oh, man, someone is going to cast him as a murderer. He's going to go about face. He's going to do, you know, like Britney and all the other Disney stars, they just had to release a sexy album. But with dudes, you have to be a serial killer, you know? <laughs> I don't know what the next week holds. I don't know what. Um, what's coming next uh, for the Adelaide lockdown. Um, but uh, so long as we have our friend Zach here, we'll be all right. And troll hopefully. hunters. <laughs> and troll hunters. So long as, I know so long I'm as we have Zach here to hunt really trolls. Serious. It's an amazing show and everyone should watch it. <laughs> okay. Uh, what? Uh, let's end the way we always, always, always end the podcast and never forgot to do. Um, what do you think is going to change oh, uh, yeah, we after all this? <laughs> yeah, we can actually, I remembered a thing, and that was from like four months ago. <laughs> so first, South Australia was so sitting long. pretty for a while, so we were just, you know, doing our nails and, and you know, going out for beverages in large groups. Uh, yeah, I was doing exclusively those two things, just large groups of beverages and doing my nails. You know me. Uh, large... The larger, the better, I say. Uh, so what do I think will change? Um, 
Yes. Masks. It's got to be masks, man. I have a mask-related question. Go for it. If, like, we won't use them in the office, we'll socially distance there, so don't need masks in the office. Yes? Check my understanding. Uh, yes, that's that's my understanding too, is is you wear them... Yes, and we are socially distanced at the office. They got out the rulers, so... Yeah. I, essentially, I think I think the main thing that masks do, as well as preventing, obviously, the, the transmission, um, is when you're in, like, common public spaces that's going to be really hard as well to do contact tracing mm. because if you're passing through large crowds of people, you're going to have contact with more people and you're also not necessarily going to know like the providence of if, if you do get mm. infected. Whereas if you get infected in your office, then you can trace it back to within your office. So there's also a, like an epidemiology the reasons are advantage as well as the, yeah, as well as obviously the primary goal of protecting you from the virus but and protecting other people from getting the virus from you. I have, Cloth reusable A mask. I'm going to have to use one in the morning and then I'll have to get another one to use for my compute home, right? That would be how to do that. Yes, you, you don't want to, um, you, you want to wash it between uses. So, um, okay, so I can wash it at work and then use it on the way home. Yeah, generally. I mean, if your work, um, is your work supplying disposable masks? I assume they will be when we get there. So that. Um, if they, if they can I know that thing. some workplaces are supplying disposable masks once you get there. So that may mean that you wear your cloth mask in the morning, then you, you know, put that in your bag, set it aside mm. and then, yeah, wear your disposable mask for your trip home. And then you wash the cloth mask overnight and repeat. Yes. L- literally rinse and repeat. Because <laughs> it's... It was one of those things that we were living in a luxurious wonderland where I hadn't had to actually think about the practicality of it. I think I did a within-the-state flight, and that was yeah. the only time that I'd really had to mask up before. Mum processes stress by shopping, so of course I got a lovely mask. Mine has a quote from Pride and Prejudice on it. <laughs> Fantastic. You had some pretty cool ones, man. You got some different little things going on with them. I do from my friend Gemma. Shout out to Gemma. There are lots of people making cloth masks, uh, so they should be relatively easy to obtain if you do want something trendy. And and also um, over the summer months, it's going to become more of a thing where you just have to go out less because wearing a mask in Australian summer sucks. Like we've already had a couple of hot days and hot day plus beard plus mask, I'm just like, no. Okay. No more social event. <laughs> I'm done. It's like, no, nah, I'm tagging out. Yep. Not happening. So um, if you want me, you know where I am at my house recording <laughs> podcasts. I have one last, I have one last thing I want to tell you about Taskmaster and, and then we'll, then we'll just duck, go. <laughs> we'll just hard cut after this story. Okay. So bye everyone. It's oh, been lovely so be uh, having you here. And a good old yarn with my mate, Justin. If you want more stuff, Darcy doesn't do anything else, but I do a Patreon. <laughs> I have a boring job. <laughs> you can't, unfortunately, uh, sponsor Darcy you. to do her job. <laughs> they already do that. It's called a wage. I but wish it can... were higher, but you know. Uh, but I, my only wage comes from this. Uh, so, um, yeah, patreon.com slash Neptune today. 
Um, I also have been Twitch streaming at uh, twitch.tv slash sci-fi AI guy. Uh, myself and Ryan have been doing some fun streams over there. Uh, we've been playing through Commander Keen for the past <gasps> couple of weeks. So cute. So that's fun. Um, yeah, and we're just playing a lot of little indie platformers. We were doing beat, big, deep conversations about stuff, and now we've just been really taking the edge off and just playing silly, fun things. So um, that's been good. Um, yeah, um, and, uh, yeah, you know where to, where to find us. And if you have any story tips or if you want to uh, – if you're Zac Efron and you want to come on the show – Look, we'll have to check our schedules, but <laughs> if you want to write for the magazine that I have, tell all your stories at neptunetoday at gmail.com. Darcy, tell me your taskmaster story. I've hyped it up enough. <laughs> oh no. Okay, this is a story about how I, I very mildly brought shame to my household. Fantastic. So, I went to the UK with my mate. We saw many amazing things. Um my Mum is clearly a big Jane Austen fan, as all elderly white women tend to be. And uh, <laughs> I love it too. And we went to a lot of spots where, you know, all of those things had happened. And for our family, that was like I, I visited the Holy Land in, in some parts. It's like, I went to Bath, just like in the stories. <laughs> so I had all these amazing times, all these amazing things that happened. Went to so many fucking castles. And I get back and my mum asks, Oh, you know, you're back. What was, what was, and I go, oh my God, have you heard of this TV show called Taskmaster? <laughs> we, we watched it over there. We found it on the team, on the channel day. <laughs> we, just, <laughs> we would get home from doing these amazing things or seeing these amazing um, locations, hearing all this wonderful history. And we would sit down and watch like four episodes of Taskmaster in a row. And that was the thing I was really excited to tell her. <laughs> she was like, oh my God, you went to Bath. What the, this amazing connection to the place that she'd been as a child as well. I'm pretty sure me and my dad took a photo next to the same cannon in Scotland. All these things I can tell her about. We were there for Christmas. And I was like, Hey, these British comedians, right? <laughs> they get together and they complete silly tasks. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. It's the simple things. It's the she simple things. so devastated. Uh, breaking hearts. <laughs> we went to the Lake District. <laughs> Sherwood Forest. No, fucked it. I had one chance and I fucked it. Darcy's travel stories, taking names, breaking hearts. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> disappointing. Fantastic. My mom. I'm so glad we got a travel story in this one. Um, <laughs> a pleasure I really chatting haven't again. I have traveled that much. You've yes. traveled enough to have a world of stories, and uh, our podcast audience is blessed to, uh, to have them and to have uh, you with us. Uh, what a lovely not time. have you cut it out like you do with all the others. I didn't. Okay. I cut out a little. This is, you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm ending. Um, that's, um, yep, well, yeah. Yeah. We can end. Yeah. You bastard. <laughs> right, I might see you later this afternoon. Bye, bye. That'd be great. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll chat to Ellen um, and that'd be cool. Uh, but yeah. Uh, thank yeah. you for podcast. Chat you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Radio Lockdown, a Neptune podcast.
remember that uh, the virus doesn't give a fuck and uh, wear a mask.